Do we just do it? It. Welcome to Super Superstitious, the paranormal podcast about the science of the strange. I'm doing the old one. Oh no, I'm Wyatt. I'm Jake, <laughs> and we're back again. We are in the marvelous month of March. March. Now, Jake, I'm going to need your help with something. Okay. Can you confirm for me what day it is on this day that we are recording today? I believe. Oh, we're recording today. Uh, Tuesday, March, March 2nd. And can you also tell me, are we or are we not now in the new year of our Lord Jesus 2021 since the dinosaurs were exterminated and all that stuff happened and stuff, are we? Correct. So imagine our surprise. <laughs> When a little over a week ago, we received a message from none other than friend and Tim Allen's The Santa Claus of the show, Nicholas, <laughs> a.k.a. St. Nicholas, a.k.a. Young Santa, a.k.a. Jake. Nick Smith. Nope. Old Nick. Oh, that's right. Uh, now, as keen-eared listeners may recall, Young Santa reached out to us with some Christmas <laughs> gifts over a year ago. Some of his personal tales that we read during episode 95. 95, that's right. We use that as an opportunity to determine that his stories were objectively bad, <laughs> terrible, heartless, and poorly crafted, and that he lacked in kindness, consideration, and generosity for even daring to reach out with them. <laughs> and now it seems like one pass just wasn't enough. <laughs> Lessons have gone unlearned. Time has healed no wounds. It's officially round two. Has Nick's storytelling improved in the last year, or can Reddit's finest kick his ass back up to the North Pole, allow me to begin, Jake? <laughs> Go for it. Hey there, Jake and Wyatt. It's your pal, Nick Smith, back with some more spooky secondhand anecdotes, as promised. Secondhand anecdotes? Secondhand anecdotes. And I just want to check in with you. When he famously called us up and yelled, trust in me when I decree more tales free shall I tell to thee for an episode in the month of number three last year that was actually a promise i guess so he goes on today i bring you a tale from my friend mike of massachusetts more massachusetts tales wow i know we are we are hitting up the old whatever the fucking area code is that's right okay today i bring you a tale from my friend mike of massachusetts his parents are really into ghost hunting so much so that they took annual trips around the world in search of spirits I've seen many photos from their trips, and they are pretty sweet, but also unsubstantial in providing or improving that ghosts exist. This story is a recounting of Mike's first paranormal experience told from his perspective. Mm. Quote, I was a teenager at the time and able to make my own decisions about whether or not I wanted to stay home alone while my parents took their yearly ghost hunting vacation. I was never particularly enthused about spooky stuff, and my birthday was upcoming during the week they'd be away. And now, already, I've got to say, I'm a little concerned that Michael is the kind of guy whose parents schedule ghost hunting expeditions during the same day as his birthday. <laughs> the open question, do we run from Michael's parents or do we run from Michael? <laughs> he goes on, we would celebrate before or after the trip, sure, but sometimes it was an, ex an extra treat to have the house all to myself for a week of pizza, video games, and general hedonism. This year, however, was a bit different. The first night alone, I heard a light scratching noise in the attic space above my bedroom. Hmm. It's probably squirrels, I remember thinking. 
When the morning came, I went to make breakfast and noticed that my childhood drawings were no longer hanging up around the house. Normally, my parents kept a few of their favorites peppered in with family photos and things on the fridge. Feeling odd about this, I remembered the scratching from last night and decided to look around. Aside from our pets, nobody else was in the house. I didn't see any signs of animal entry into the attic either, so I brushed the whole thing off. Until a few nights later, when I heard the scratching noise again. This time it seemed a little louder, but eventually I figured that it must have been something outside. I looked around the house again and peered out the windows in search of the culprit, but saw nothing. Creepy. Yeah, really. Once again, I woke the following morning and noticed something missing. My wallet. Normally, it was kept on my bedroom nightstand, but it had become as scarce as the drawings. Mm -hmm. Did I misplace it? Was I burgled? Did attic squirrels do this? (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't help but wonder these things as I went about my day. And now I just have to step in here to say that he absolutely could help but wonder. So, (laughs) please keep it real. The next night, I slept badly. The scratching sound returned periodically and would sometimes pick up speed enough to sound similar to static. Mm-hmm. I did my best to shut it out and force myself asleep, but was eventually greeted by the sensation of something touching my legs. Mm. My eyes fluttered open just enough to see a figure shrouded by darkness at the foot of the bed. As I tried to blink the sleep out of my eyes, the figure had reappeared next to the headboard <laughs> and was whispering something incoherent to me. A second later, it was just gone. My room was empty and silent. And now it sounds to me like our friend almost got himself a Dan Aykroyd, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> almost ah, got himself so a one of the things that may or may not be in triangle shape of Bridgewater, <laughs> if you catch my drift. Yes. <laughs> I have no idea how I got back to sleep, as if nothing had happened. But the panic really set in hours later when the sun was coming up. Something was in my room that night. Mm -hmm. Something had been in my house all week long. I looked around each room again, ready for a fight. What I was greeted with was far more disturbing than squirrels or a burglar. This time, every photograph of me in the entire house was gone. What? Now empty, oh, now empty frames were still hung on walls, collages featuring missing sections. The photo albums had a few empty sleeves. I called my parents immediately and asked them if they had any idea what was going on, and was given one hell of an answer. Previously in that year, one of my relatives died. It may have been a suicide, but that was unclear to the family. Mm. Unbeknownst to me, my mother attempted to contact the deceased cousin via seance, in an effort to find out what had happened. But according to her, she never found out. Hmm. Instead, she accidentally made contact with what she called an entity that was not our departed relative. This entity was now in our home and apparently interested in me because one of the components my mother used in the seance was a picture of my cousin and I. And then my parents let me stay home alone with it for a week because I had insisted on staying there. And these things happen. I gotta say, what a wild life that must be. <laughs> That's gotta be fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, and I think we can agree, it's Michael's parents that are the problem. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, I managed to get through the rest of the week stressed and paranoid, but otherwise unaffected. And the missing items did turn up eventually. Hmm. My wallet was found inside an opened compartment of a living room table. 
Nobody knew the table even had that compartment beforehand. Hmm. As for the drawings and photos, they were all found crammed behind the laundry machines in the basement. Hmm. I started believing in ghosts after all of that. And who wouldn't? Yeah. That is a frightening sounding experience. I wonder how they found the hidden compartment. Yeah. And I wonder why the ghosts smushed stuff behind the laundry machines. Just fucking around, I guess. Who knows? This was the first... Oh, this is now... Back to Nicholas. This was the first of many strange encounters for Mike, but it was by far the most personal. As a bonus, Mike's wife, Scarlett, also shared some of her spooky stories with me. This one is from her childhood as well. Hmm. Scarlett lived with her sister and their parents in a second-story home at the time, and three of them had just returned from grocery shopping. Upon seeing them walk up to the building with arms full of groceries, Scarlett's mother opened a window and waved to them. I'll be right down to open the door for you, she shouted. So instead of putting down the bags and fumbling for their keys, they waited for her to come downstairs and unlock the door. And they continued to wait. A minute or two passed, but she never arrived to let them inside. Getting impatient, they were about to unlock the door themselves, only for a car to pull up behind them. It was driven by Scarlett's mother. What are you all standing around outside for, she asked, stepping out of the vehicle. We've been waiting for you to open the door, they replied, confused. Scarlett's mother had also just been out shopping and was equally confused by this answer. They all proceeded inside but never found anyone upstairs. Scarlett has had a few brushes with the paranormal since then, and she believes that they saw some kind of doppelganger that day. But the Mm -hmm. mystery remains unsolved. Thanks for reading. Hope you all enjoyed it. Cheers. Nick Smith. Well, well, well. I tell ya, uh, what can I say other than why it's bad? <laughs> Fun stories, boo, <laughs> shared selflessly by Nick's friends who are presumably workshop elves with classic elf names like Mike and Scarlet, boo, <laughs> and written up with care, checked twice, and Kylie sent to us by the titular saint himself, boo, ooh, ooh. <laughs> so, Jake, I have fortunately found a couple good stories. If you would uh, indulge me. Oh, thank God. Yes, please uh, please proceed. Here is a recent one by Reddit user HuxonXHerxon, <laughs> who writes, <laughs> So, things have been very quiet during the almost 100 days since you last heard from me. At least they had been very quiet. Over the last week, I found a door open that had absolutely been closed. Dog was locked in room while I was at work. The doors have a circle knob, so no way the dog could have opened the door. This happened one time this week. I brushed it off. I was sure I had closed it all the way, but had I maybe left it cracked and he nosed his way out? But today I came home, having not been home since I left for work at 7 a.m. The oven was on to exactly 375 degrees. I haven't used the oven in weeks. These are the only encounters I've had since I last posted. Sorry, it's not more entertaining. But an oven turning on all by itself? It's gas and has a knob that has to be pushed in and turned. It's pretty spooky to me. Mm -hmm. Edited to add. (laughs) The only other thing that has happened since I last posted, about a month ago, was that my half-bath downstairs developed this disgusting smell one day randomly. It was gone by morning when I checked again. So, very spooky. Intensely. Let's take a look at the comments. Honeydew Away 3851 suggests incredibly that this doesn't sound paranormal. Quote, I think you might be a victim of frogging. 
You should check every corner of your house. Unquote. Uh, so, you ever heard of frogging, Jake? I have not. That is frogging with a PH. Frogging. <laughs> okay. And apparently it's a practice by which people transiently squat in other folks' homes. Okay, and I, I didn't realize there was a specific name for it. I know, exactly. They leap into the next house, much as a frog, it can and should be argued, but need not be, as we all know of the following, <laughs> lives its life on the various lily pads among which it leaps. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. God forbid they ever touch toe to the H2O. Mm-hmm. Chill wisdom piles on. Quote, some hobo is sneaking in to pet your dog, crap in your toilet, and cook his pizza rolls. <laughs> Followed up helpfully five hours later by Ben Master Flex, who adds, pizza rolls are at 425. <laughs> Better still is an offering by Local Degenerate 16, who writes in a separate forum of his recent experiences. Recently moved in a remote location in Pine Mountain in Georgia with my father, but he has been gone for a couple of weeks now, so I've been alone. I haven't really seen or heard anything too unusual, pretty open-minded, or don't really think anything of spirits or ghosts, but I know there is something out there. In other words, I'm just thinking like a man. <laughs> Last night really concerned me. I woke up around 3 a.m. noticing my blinds were messed up. Pretty unusual. Weird. That was really concerning to me. Leading up to this week, I noticed about a couple inches of blinds were missing. I didn't think anything of it, of course, now this. Virgin Mary picture was on the floor with the glass broken, and my grandmother's deceased picture was also on the floor, along with her ashes I have. Oh. I've been trying to put this together, and I think I could use some help. So, I rest my case, Nick. <laughs> try, try again, or don't. Crafty. <laughs> handsome devil <laughs> and thank you so much for sending us those stories we appreciate it very much appreciate it good sport as ever jake please i take it away all right well i will but first and for phantoms most ooh, we gotta thank ah a beer place called four, four phantoms. phantoms a delightful brewery in western massachusetts soon to have a brick and mortar storefront in which we can mm -hmm. post vaccine quaff delicious brews while swapping news but in the meantime and post that date you can buy awesome four phantoms beer in massachusetts or rhode island they have awesome offerings right now are they still doing bite back i believe they saw a bite back uh blood orange bite sour back. very tasty the witch cult ipa a mm -hmm. delicious and extremely crushable imperial pale ale uh, India Pale Ale. My friend, IPA is India Pale Ale. Oh my god. Imperial IPA, of course. I just started drinking beer yesterday, so I'm still <laughs> learning the ropes. <laughs> you got Dirtweed, which is an even yummier Thank double you. IPA. And uh, Worship Doom Imperial. That Jeez. actually is Imperial Stout. Yeah, you can get those in stores in Massa, Rhode Island. You can also um, email them to arrange curbside pickup during these a fucked up times and uh yeah if if you want you can also get some cool merch on their merch store all these things are linked in our every episode description if you don't drink beer or if you have had their beer and you loved it check them out on untapped.com u-n-t-a-p-p-d untapped you can leave them a fun review and if we can find it <laughs> we'll read it right here sure will and in the meantime 
We'll just keep on drinking their stuff. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys so much. Well, thanks very much, Four Phantoms. Jakob, take it away. Sure thing. So I I would quite like to read a listener's story myself, and we almost had one. <gasps> uh, and a script. I don't know if you still listen to the show, but if you do, hello. Aww. One month ago, exactly as of the release of this episode, actually, he emailed us with the tantalizing subject line, Have I got a story for you, in all caps, and the promise of, quote, a spooky ghost story, and more importantly, a picture of a freaky-ass ghost girl in a freaky-ass ghost house. Oh, my. Assuming that wasn't the whole story right there, we'd still love to hear from you. (laughs) But for now, let me formally apologize for responding very enthusiastically within, I believe, 45 seconds of receiving your email. That's pretty Um, slow for you, Jake. (laughs) I get push notifications for 100% of the correspondence we receive, especially the emails sent to contact at superduperstitious.com. Oh, yeah. uh, and because said correspondence is pretty few and far between, I then always very excitedly open and read those messages the moment I see them on my phone, <laughs> which yeah, we have been pretty bad at responding to any of you fine folks in a timely manner lately, but your messages are being read usually immediately. <laughs> and uh, possibly multiple times. <laughs> but anyway, on this particular evening, I was making dinner with Lauren, holding my phone in my hand and looking directly at it when the notification came through. Uh, so I was all, I was all ready for it. I was also drinking wine for the first time in many months. So my decision making was... Your thumb was already drifting down towards the <laughs> D for a deer. I was prepared to respond to anything that came in. Uh, but yeah, my decision making was not operating at peak efficiency. And uh, that's why I responded too fast and I'm sorry. So please, if you are listening, consider sending in your ghost story still. The end goodbye. I would be shocked if they did not appreciate a rapid perhaps upsettingly <laughs> punctual reply i think that's the best possible uh, description of it upsettingly punctual <laughs> because i feel that the invitation of boy do i have a story for you or whatever it was can only be met with yes please tell me right now goddamn tell me the story which is i'm sure what your email was pretty much <laughs> But yeah, because I have failed to procure a listener story for us, even though any listener at any time they feel like could easily send us their story through the form on our website or directly via contact at superdipersitious.com, I have opted to dig deeper into some of that Nick content. Ooh, the Nick tent. Sounds good. Also, you know what? You know what? Listeners are coming here for their stories. I get it. We both get it. You need need some tales in your life. (laughs) Tales from the crypt. Minus all the puns. Minus all the puns. But come on. You got stories. Yes. We all got stories. I mean, Nick's got plenty. And take it away, Jake. Okay. <laughs> um, the specific piece of uh, of the story we got from Nick today that I'm digging into is uh, seances. Talk about seances. Ooh. So we've already discussed the history of spiritualism way back in episode three, uh, wow. where I described the whole deal with Ouija boards. So today, I thought we could stand to do some more practical learning. Sounds good to me. Thus, I'm going to cover how to conduct a seance. Ooh. There are a lot of different resources available online with instructions on how to do this. For good measure, I have combined information from several of them, including oh WikiHow's How to Perform a Seance with Pictures, <laughs> uh, Cosmic Lady 6's Guide to Conducting a Seance, and 
Host seances and perform powerful rituals with the medium skill from sims-online.com. Sims-online. Yeah, I, I expect these resources to all be pretty complimentary of each other, so I, I think it's probably a good idea to just kind of put them all together. Yes. Seance pastiche. Step one, creating the right atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Choose a quiet room to use. It's important to conduct the seance in a place where there will be as few interruptions as possible. Choose a quiet space with lighting you can adjust to a dim setting. Make sure the room is comfortable and not filled with distracting electronics, loud artwork, or other items that might take away from the experience. Hmm. Many people mistakenly think that a seance must be conducted in a haunted place. The room or building you choose does not have to be haunted. Spirits will come to any place that they feel welcome when you call them. You can get that shit haunted for free. Just do a seance. (laughs) That's right. You may, however, wish to hold the seance in a place that holds spiritual meaning for you and the others who will be present. For example, you could hold it in the home of a loved one who has passed on if you seek to connect with that person through the seance. Hmm. Note, however, fear attracts negative energy. If you're going to have any fear, and I mean even an ounce of fear, going into a seance, I'll tell you right now, don't do it. Just like people who are still living, the spirit world is riddled with all kinds of different energy. If we have fear going into a seance, we have the potential to attract a negative energy that is looking for a victim to mess with. Fear is almost a portal to what could be considered demonic energy. I also like to think of it as a vampiric energy looking to feed on human energy. I can't lie. As skeptical as I may be Mm -hmm. around seances and the whole kit and caboodle, I don't think I would want to even try. Especially if you're you're scared, you don't want to do it. Like, I mean, you, Wyatt, and listeners, you know, I don't need to tell you twice. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. So, don't do it. You must not fear. Uh, was that a Treyu from Dune? <laughs> uh, yes, that is correct. Um, let's see. Invite people who believe in the spirit world. A seance is much more powerful if everyone there really believes that it's possible to communicate with spirits. Skeptics weaken the energy of the seance, making it hard for spirits to come through. Choose people who believe in the supernatural and desire to contact spirits. So these are pretty good points because if you have people who believe something's going to happen they're going to believe that it happened. And if they uh, don't believe something's going to happen, you're going to have a harder time. This definitely isn't just uh, creating a scenario in which you can just be sure something happened if you want it to have done. Right. Generally, it's best to ask at least three people to participate. One person will act as a medium, while the other people who attend the seance are called sitters. The sitters strengthen the energy of the seance to help the medium successfully contact the spirit world. A.K.A. folie à toi. (laughs) Yep. The medium skill gets improved by interacting with the seance table, which you can purchase in the Build and Buy catalog for $333. Or you can get a full set of table, chairs, and crystal ball for $648. <sighs> Keep in mind, you will need at least one chair to perform a seance. The table <sighs> also takes up a 3x3 block, which may impact where you can place it in your home. Set your table with the candles and ritual supplies you plan to use. The candles and ritual supplies <laughs> will set the atmosphere for your seance. Additionally, they may make the area more welcoming to spirits. Wow. Arrange your table so that it feels right to you. Here are some items you may choose. Wow. This is quite an assortment of possible objects to use in a seance. Mm-hmm. And I will say for listeners at home, this is delightfully drawn in the style of the how-to, wiki-how, anything, uh, question and answer page that you may or may not be familiar with this art style. It is a particular form of kind of quickly drawn... Yeah, if you've seen it, you know exactly what we're talking about. You know what we're talking about. But we've got Goblet of Red Juice, 
white candle, magic wand, tiny stone, bowl of wet, uh, salt pile, <laughs> old bell, match, other candle, <laughs> star shape, knife shape, <laughs> dust, uh, Lord of the Rings book, uh, bonsai tree flower. Yep. And orb TV and also crock pot and also science experiment <laughs> jars and sickle and purple stone and pink stone Himalayan salt pink stone thing and incense. Once you have all that stuff set up, you are more or less ready to go. So now we're ready for step two. Choose a tool to contact the dead. You can use a Ouija board, a pendulum, basic knocking for yes and no, or the medium friend who you invited over. You may be able to hire a medium by searching for one online. However, be aware that some people may be frauds. Uh Uh-oh. If you don't have a medium attending your seance, it's best to ask one of the sitters to act as a medium. This person will lead the seance, but you'll still need to use a spirit board, pendulum, or spirit knocking to get answers from the spirits. The medium skill is a minor skill, meaning it's maxed out on level 5. Wait, what? The medium skill is a minor skill, meaning it's maxed out on level 5. Being in the focused mood increases how fast you learn the medium skill. I have some questions. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So. I'm taking all the best resources I could find online, and I figured because they are the best, I would need to get just some of the best of each of them and put it all here into one resource we can use for everything we need to know all at once. One-stop shopping. Learn to do a seance. My understanding is that skills max out at 100. I guess for seance, it's at level 5. I don't know. I'm not an expert. I mean, I think we both will be at the end of today. But uh, How do you train it up? Well, you perform more seances, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, carry on. Maxed out at level 5. Interested to hear what other skills max out at on this page? Okay. Uh, you do want to refrain from using a store-bought Ouija board. In this day and age, you never know how something was made. The Ouija board is a portal between worlds. You want to know exactly what energy was put into the board. Wow. It's best to create your own using your own symbols and oils and ink from sources you trust. Do a blessing on the board before using. I'm all about the Hasbro energy, if I'm honest. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm more of a Parker Brothers type. <laughs> uh, film will record the seance to pick up more responses. Recordings often pick up sounds or images that aren't heard or seen by the people present. Uh-huh. Consider setting up a video camera or tape player to record what happens. Later, you can listen to the recording to see if there are special messages or unseen movements. Like your friends texting to get the fuck out of there as soon as they can. (laughs) Yep. Carry on. Step three, welcoming the spirits. This is the big part. This is is the star of the show here. Oh, boy. Be seated in a circle and light the candles. Have everyone sit down and patiently wait while you light the candles in the center of the table. (laughs) I said wait! (laughs) Make sure electric lighting has been turned off or dimmed. Light incense and turn on instrumental music if you wish. What? Like, you know, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, something like that, probably. Uh, once everything is ready, <laughs> assess the... <laughs> once everything is ready, assess the environment and make adjustments if necessary to create just the right atmosphere. Make sure everyone is ready to take part in the seance. Talk to the sitters and get a feel for their moods. It's normal for people to be a little anxious, and some may giggle nervously or look worried. However, if someone is cynical or frightened, you might ask them to sit out. Boy, oh boy. The best way to think about the spirit world is like an endless amount of energy that could be anywhere. It could be within our realm, or it could have moved onto another plane of existence. 
Energy could have an identity, like a spirit, or it could be in another body in another dimension and be communicating through telepathy. Hmm. Join hands and close your eyes to begin the seance. Mm-hmm. Each person should take the hands of the people on either side of them. Then you'll each relax and shut your eyes. Keep your eyes closed until the seance begins. You will have a number of options available for your seance. These I will list now. Sense spiritual volatility. With this option, you can check the spiritual level of the home and figure out if any residential ghosts are friendly or not. Are these like saleable packages that they're offering? (laughs) Commune with the departed. You can speak with the dead and get messages from them. The type of message you receive can impact your mood. Perform Did you get ceremony. this out of a Dungeons and Dragons player handbook? Uh, I'll read the the sources I used again to you just uh, just to just in case it was I went in case I went too fast through the last one. Uh, I used WikiHow's How to Perform a Seance with Pictures, uh, Cosmic Lady Six's Guide to Conducting a Seance, and Host Seances and Perform Powerful Rituals with the Medium Skill from Sims-Online.com. This is feeling like a Cosmic Lady Six. Offering. <laughs> uh, perform ceremony. If you need to evict a troublesome spirit, then this option is for you. The higher your medium skill, the better this will go for you. Group seance. Well, so <laughs> going up to five, my friends. <laughs> yep. uh, group seance. You can host a seance with up to three others, but you will need a medium level of two or higher to access it. Oh my God! What is the cap <laughs> on medium level skill? <laughs> Invoke the dead. You will need a medium level of three or higher for this. Ooh. <laughs> An amateur cannot mess with the dead. Amateur being presumably a medium level of zero or one. <laughs> yes. Uh, this will spawn ghosts or specters, and they can be cranky about being called forth, so be careful. Okay. Make sure to have your questions prepared in advance. Yes, you can take a break if your arms get tired. Focus on the purpose of your seance to help you make contact. Wow. Everyone participating in the seance must focus on the same goal. Recite an opening incantation if you're acting as the medium. The opening incantation officially begins your seance and invites the spirits to join you. Generally, this incantation is spoken by the medium. State the incantation in a clear, firm voice. After that are different summoning options. You can summon Bone Hilda at medium level 3 or Gaidri, who is a friendly ghost. Gaidri lives up to his name, offering lots of useful information and help about ghosts. <laughs> Finally, at medium level 4, you can perform a ghastly ritual that will turn you into a ghost. This only lasts for four hours, but you'll have all ghost abilities for that duration. Keep in mind that not all spirits are human. This is something I wasn't anticipating when I began channeling spirits. I assumed who I was talking with in the beginning was someone who had lived and died here on Earth. Uh It turned out that I was speaking with someone who identified themselves as an alien on another planet. Huh. Bone Hilda. Did I hear that name correctly? Uh Uh-huh. What's Bone Hilda do? Uh, not clear, but Gaidri, uh, helps give you information and stuff. His name is Gaidri? Yep. So presumably Bone Hilda just gives you bones. Uh, she might also be a skeleton spirit. I can't quite remember. They were part of the illustrations that did uh, clarify this better. A skeleton spirit, huh? Step four. End the seance. Spirit. <laughs> Continue the seance as long as you're still receiving answers. A seance can last anywhere from 15 minutes to longer than an hour. Yes, you can take a break if your arms get tired. Again. A seance can be an emotionally intense experience that elicits a range of different reactions. If someone is crying or upset, it's best to end the seance or to allow them to leave. Ask everyone to stay in the circle until the spirits seem to be gone. You're no longer receiving answers or you've run out of questions. What if you get a very sneaky spirit that's just like, I'm gone? Well, that's that can be tricky. You have to perform some certain things to make sure that the, the whole ritual ends. Probably have to talk to Gaidri. He might be helpful here, I think. 
Yeah. Uh, decide to end the seance when it feels right. Thank the spirits for coming when you're ready to stop. It's always a good idea to give a seance closure as you would any other type of spiritual service or ritual. Hmm. End the sentence by thanking the spirits for joining your circle. You may want to say a prayer of closure. Thank the sitters for their participation as well. Then blow out the candles to formally end the session. Huh. If you successfully made contact during your seance, you may feel inclined to do it again. <laughs> it's best to wait a few days before channeling and make sure you do more research about the dangers of channeling regularly as not everyone is equipped to deal with everything that can happen. Ask your hmm. doctor if channeling is right for you. Are you for real? That, that was my addition. <laughs> well. Spirits wow. may visit you in dreams. A lot of the times we can communicate telepathically with other energy, but because the human mind has such a hard time allowing this to happen, spirits know they can get through to us when we are asleep. Doing dream work with spirits can be positive if you decide to continue a relationship with a spirit you have made contact with. Hmm. Level 5. You are now a top-notch medium. You'll be able to perform powerful seances with less energy decay and gain an increased chance of successfully interacting with specters. You can also wow. create a seance circle anywhere in the world now. Step 6. Ooh. Support WikiHow's mission. Every day at WikiHow, we work hard to give you access to instructions and information that will help you live a better life, whether it's keeping you safer, <laughs> healthier, or improving your well-being. Uh, this might actually not be part of it. Never mind. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I think based on that, we should now be able to perform seances with a great deal of expertise. I think we have to. <laughs> and you have just said that we are level five mediums. I believe we did just. I think we are all there now together. So, uh, Congratulations, yeah. everyone. Yeah. Um, weird that they would cap it at five. <laughs> I guess anything over five, you'd become like a maximum or something. Though. I think that might be DLC. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Golly. <laughs> well, that... <laughs> Answers a lot of questions that I have had Great. for years about seances. <laughs> well, highly edifying. I feel perhaps we could in some future episode attempt some kind of digital seance. Yeah, I think a sign that we're doing well will be that a kind of green like diamond thing will start floating over our heads. That's the indication that it's uh, working. I feel I've heard... People describe when they begin doing a seance, they begin to speak in kind of a babbling uh, language that sounds almost like English, but is not. <laughs> yes, that is uh, that is classically in religious uh, circles that's known as speaking in tongues, um, but that, that is bound to happen in this case. Yes. And I have known a friend, this kind of is maybe a cautionary tale. <laughs> they were performing a seance uh, in their home. They had all their gear, uh, I believe... Their husband was at work, and their kid was playing somewhere else in the house. And there were further builds planned for the house. There were going to be additions made, mm -hmm. furniture going to be put in, <laughs> very, very extensive uh, landscaping, and just annexes to the building itself, which right. was otherwise a pretty normal house. But uh -huh. there was sort of a crazy long hallway that was going to be put in, <laughs> and sort of like wild almost aimlessly humongous rooms that they were planning on building. Was this same friend separately from all this also working on uh, creating a, an amusement park? This would have been... I think I talked to them the, for the last time <laughs> about two months before this happened. And I knew they were planning the seance, but <laughs> all I heard from a friend of theirs <laughs> was that while they were doing the seance, somehow they wound up stuck inside of 
a doorless four-wall chamber <laughs> that was then tragically set on fire. <laughs> These are the risks you need to make sure you're aware of before embarking on your spiritual journey. And I guess all that was left from the ashes when they finally knocked the wall down and someone else moved into the house, incidentally, <laughs> around the same time, uh, was a note that just said Rosebud, <laughs> semicolon, exclamation point, semicolon, exclamation point, over and over and over again, <laughs> like a thousand times. <laughs> and I believe the family was extremely wealthy after that, <laughs> for some reason. Excellent. So it does have a happy ending, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Great. That's what I got for this week. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for listening. Yes. Um, We especially want to take some time now to thank one particular uh, listener, and that is someone who uh, supports this podcast on Patreon. We do that in a segment that we call... Pander. Mm Mm-hmm. A.K.A. Patron Appreciation Neural Dive for Evaluation of Risk. This, of course, is a program that we will run on the NCAAA device. Turn it on now. A semi-organic kind of cursed computer thing. Mm-hmm. Jake, would you mind pushing a wire through the screen for me? Yeah, here you go. And so we just plug these kind of tendril cables into the backs of our skulls. Ugh. There we go. Now we're connected straight into our brain with the sort of dark ether that allows us to calculate what creature or cryptid our listeners need to individually be on the lookout for. And now with share screen, I mean mind link activated. We are going to be contacting with... Oh, that's strange. It's just saying, not Jessica Poe. Huh. What a weird thing for to just tease someone's name who's excited for this segment, but then not actually pay it off. I don't know. Oh, here we go. Paula, Paula R. From, from Dublin. Dubline, Dublin. Oh. <laughs> Paula, you need to look out for Tarask. The Tarask is a legendary creature from Provence, France. Provence. Provence, I'm sorry. Provence. <laughs> that doesn't seem right. Uh, uh, on November 25th, 2005, the UNESCO included the Tarask on the list of masterpieces of the oral and intangible heritage of humanity. Wow. Before understanding the history of the town, Tarasson, it's important to get a mental picture of the beast itself, because I know that you're planning on a trip to Tarasson. <laughs> a Tarask is a dragon with six stubby bear legs, body of an ox, and the grumpy face of a powerful lion. With its short, fat body, it would almost be cute. It also had a thorny turtle shell, kind of like Bowser, and huge scaly tail, kind of like Bowser, the engine is Scorpion Stinger, unlike Bowser. Pretty much, Tarask is Bowser with Scorpion Tail mm-hmm. and an extra pair of legs, so I would say to avoid anything associated with Nintendo, Mario, <laughs> anything in that realm. As we all know, the king of Nurluk had attacked the Tarask with knights and catapults, but the creature was almost impossible to kill. Mm-hmm. But, obviously, St. Martha, one of the biblical figures that witnessed Jesus' resurrection, found the beast and charmed it with hymns and prayers and led it back to the tame Tarasu city. People terrified by monster attacking when it was too high and sorry for what they had done to the tame monster, the newly Christianized town people charged the town's name Tarasan. And there you have it. Thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Be on the lookout. 
And, and yeah. Uh, yeah. For the low, low price of even just a dollar a month, you too can have your cryptid creature, Tarask, uh, calculated by the pander function on this machine. Uh, let's, let's unplug that while we're at it. Oh, yeah. Sounds good. <sighs> yeah. Much better. Our Patreon helps us keep this shit going. Uh, and it is shit. <laughs> Keeping this literal shit going. <laughs> yes. Um, you can get digital rewards like uh, curated outtakes from every month's episodes. Um, you can get bonus content beyond that. You can also get special stickers that no one else has access to. Oh, hubba. And hubba. Uh, discounts on merch. Don't forget Ooh. we have a merch store. Lots of fun stuff there. Oh, yeah. Available to you if you want it. Heck yeah. We would love you for it. And uh, you can also get a discount on the Patreon if you buy an annual plan. So you pay for it all at once in advance, but end up getting the equivalent of two months off uh, your total total cost. You pay for twelve that months at once, hurt. but only actually pay the cost of ten. So that's another option if you if you feel like it. If you if you like just getting it out of the way and then just forgetting about it, that is a way to do that. Oh yeah. If you want a free way to support us, you can rate and review the show, especially on Apple Podcasts. Mm. That is a very uh, a very helpful way to get a little more attention on this old show of ours. Love that too. You brighten our spirits as well. So it's a two for deal. Mm-hmm. Before we do go, we do want to shout out. I kind of teased this in like November when they reached out to us. And then we were so uh, unstable with our schedule that we couldn't coordinate <laughs> until now. But there is a fun podcast out there you may have heard of by now, I don't know, called Guide to the Unknown. Oh, yes. It is a podcast about horror. Mm -hmm. And every week, you get to listen to siblings Kristen Anderson and Will Rogers. Sounds like they're not related. (laughs) Discuss spooky pop culture, urban legends, and the paranormal. While keeping it, you know, cozy and light. I understand that Will has never met a man he didn't like. There's a joke in there. Will Rogers. Don't know who that is. All right, I guess I guess I'm too old somehow. All right, um, yeah. If you like the stuff we cover on this show, <laughs> wish we had some more pop culture stuff. The first episode I listened to was the one where they talked about the history of found footage horror movies. Oh, cool. it was really really interesting. Very fun. Made me immediately want to go out and watch the Blair Witch Project. I had <laughs> right on. So yeah, it's they just cover a lot of really cool stuff. They go back and forth between cool pop culture stuff and weird phenomena around the world thought to be real one of their episodes includes an account of a seance they attended so Mm. very uh apropos of the episode you just heard yes in a paranormal bookstore which sounds like a wild experience in and of itself yes but yeah do check them out new episodes come out every friday on all major podcast apps including spotify so if you're listening to this today this comes out then tomorrow you can check them out Go to G-T-T-U-P-O-D or... G-T-T-U-P-O-D.com. Get-to-pod. <laughs> Get-to-pod. Get-to-pod for all the links and enjoy their show. There you go. And there we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake, do we have a mission of the week? Yes. Uh, this one is... It's kind of more of the same for just what we've been really trying to push this past year. It's one article with a bunch more links to support black-owned businesses. Uh, nice. Thank you to Emma. I forgot your last name. Uh, Emma, who reached out to me today, um, who had a list of all this stuff, like this one link to add to our list of links for stuff. I'll link to this one specifically in the description of this episode. And it's got, I think, like 150 black-owned businesses oh, that um, are all in one place. Just even more convenient way to just see what's out there. It's organized by category of what kind of service they offer. So very handy, uh, very worthwhile cause. An awesome resource. Uh, thank you very much for bringing that to everyone's attention, Jake. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week. And uh, until then, bye. Goodbye.